The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When Jesus reached the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I had extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I greet you with the words of the sacred scriptures. May the Lord give you his peace. He was a man of little stature, yet he couldn't help being noticed for better or worse. This was certainly true of Zacchaeus. If Zacchaeus were to knock at your door, it would provoke very much the same feelings as if the IRS were to come calling. Only worse, you see, because Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. For him to come knocking at your door would be like the head of the local IRS branch tracking you down personally. So, despite his great wealth and power, Zacchaeus would not have been terribly popular outside of a tight-knit circle of friends and family. That being said, I believe my brother Michael found in Zacchaeus a kindred spirit, a biblical character he could actually measure up to, someone he could relate to. After all, Michael was also a man of small stature. He couldn't help but being noticed, for better or worse, especially at airports. Michael had an uncanny ability to stand out in the crowd, to draw attention to himself even if he didn't want it, and usually especially if he didn't want it. Invariably, Michael would get flagged to be searched and questioned by TSA. And every single time, Michael would take it personally. 
He really had no idea just how ostentatious he could be. So last week, I was informed by the funeral home down in Tampa that they wanted to mail Michael's ashes home. I immediately and without hesitation said, no way. My sworn promise to leave no man behind didn't end when I left the Marines. In fact, if anything, I felt doubly obliged by the fact that the man I would be bringing home has two ends at the end of his name. Not to mention the fact that I have no doubt whatsoever that Michael's ashes would have gotten lost in the mail. <laughs> Anyhow, don't you know that as I carried Michael's ashes through security at the Tampa International Airport, TSA flagged him <laughs> to check him for explosives, of all things. I could just hear him joking about it with all the holy souls. It really was kind of a sad bit of comic relief. Getting back to Michael's connection to Zacchaeus, it goes way back to his first Holy Communion, I guess around 1979 or 1980. Michael and his classmates learned a song about Zacchaeus. It was one of those cheesy children's songs, you know, the ones with the hand gestures and all that. Michael never forgot that song. He mentioned it occasionally to me when he would try to prove to me that he knew something, at least something, about the Bible. Now the words of the song go like this. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed by that way, he looked up in that tree and said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today, for I'm going to your house to stay. The song, of course, sums up the biblical encounter between the wee little man Zacchaeus and the God-man Jesus Christ. It was a saving encounter, as noted in St. Luke's Gospel. And I quote, And Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. Why did Zacchaeus want to see, that is to say, encounter Jesus? What did Zacchaeus want from Jesus? What does any of us want from Jesus? What did my brother Michael want from Jesus. He wanted to be saved by Jesus Christ. To hear those unctuous words, today salvation has come to this house, for the Son of Man has come to save and seek what was lost. In order to experience the soul-saving encounter with Jesus, the wee little man Zacchaeus a man with many imperfections was willing to climb a sycamore tree on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. To this day, there is a sycamore tree on that road commemorating the profound encounter between the Savior and the saved. It makes us take pause, however, and wonder, how did Michael, 
who battled his own imperfections, climbed that sycamore tree in his life, in his own personal search for the Savior, Jesus Christ. Although it might not seem evident at first, perhaps Michael's noblest quality was his great generosity, even if it usually was with other people's money. He somehow seemed to believe that he was better off than most. And on the countless occasions when either mom or dad, Jim or I, or anyone else for that matter along the way, provided him with some practical help, he just couldn't help but share it with those around him whom he saw had a greater need. In Michael's own way, he was searching for Jesus Christ. I think in helping others, climbing that sycamore tree, from the Christ-like kindness he received from others, like Zacchaeus, Michael was more than willing to give from what he had, little as it was. But unlike Zacchaeus, Michael didn't have much to spare, yet he was always magnanimously sharing the little bit that he had. Michael's quest for Christ ought to provoke us to ponder the sycamore trees in our own lives. You might think I'm exaggerating just a wee bit, but Michael, despite his host of demons, really wanted to see Christ. I know he went to church with his buddy Sean, who's here and going to say a few words in a little bit. A few times, he even helped Sean with his street evangelization ministry. When I was president of the Catholic campus ministry at Rowan, Michael would help us bring provisions to the homeless in Philadelphia, who we always saw as worse off than him. This past winter, he even asked me to arrange for a priest to visit him during his recovery from a very painful traumatic surgery down in Florida. I'm certain he received the sacraments at that time. And I could tell how excruciating the pain was when he was in the recovery. I was the first person he saw other than a nurse, and I was the last family member to actually see him alive. I can even recall Michael's happy participation in a Youth 2000 retreat at St. Benedict's Parish in the South Bronx. In fact, I had to run interference to keep Mike from getting in a fight, even on a retreat. <laughs> One of the locals had been trying to hit on Michael's girlfriend. She was also on the retreat, of course. And I knew Michael would have none of that, but I didn't want him to get in trouble over some stupid schlep. A little after 9 p.m., on Sunday, August the 16th, 2020, Michael climbed another unlikely sycamore tree. That tree is located on US Highway 19, a mile stretch road, about a half a mile from his home in Holiday, Florida. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Michael heard a loving voice, Michael. Come down quickly. And Michael came down quickly and received Jesus with joy, saying, I'm going to your house today, 
for I'm going to your house to stay. We must not let the sudden and tragic details of Michael's death distract us from the greater reality of what death is. An encounter with a loving Lord who came to seek and to save the lost. How are we to understand that experience of death from the perspective of those who predeceased us, from Michael's perspective? I think it's something like this. Like the experience of someone looking you straight into the eyes and saying full-heartedly, I love you. How do you feel in that moment? Happy, blessed, fulfilled. You couldn't help but feel something wonderful and even to blurt out in your own way or in your own actions, I love you too. Now imagine God who doesn't just love us, because God is love. So the very source of love without which we couldn't love each other, God who is love, saying to Michael, come down quickly, I love you. Tonight, I will dine at your house. In that moment, Michael renders the most profound possible, I love you too, as he lets go of all things temporal and spatial, as he is renewed by him who promised that he has come that we may have life and have it to the full. St. Paul speaks of that profound encounter with that loving, saving Jesus Christ in these words in 1 Corinthians, I has not seen ear has not heard, nor has it even occurred to us what God has prepared for those who love him. Understood that way, death doesn't sound so absolutely horrible. Yet, our natural sadness remains. We lost Michael. We acutely feel the loss. But Michael lost nothing at all. He's now experiencing the fullness of life promised to all those who love the Lord, albeit sometimes imperfectly. So it is helpful for us to remember that Michael is not as cut off from us as we feel cut off from him. If ever you stop by a BJ's or some other big box store like a Walmart, you might notice mirrors on the walls surrounding the periphery. And if you gaze into the mirror, you can only see so far before it begins to reflect back upon you. But you know, if you're aware, that on the other side of that mirror, there's someone who can see through that veil, who can watch over you and be present to you in ways that you cannot be present to them. Your sisters and brothers, that is not unlike the veil that separates earth and heaven time and eternity, life and death, the living and our pre predecessors. Michael is now present to us always in hidden but nevertheless very real ways. In life, Michael was small but conspicuously present. Death makes him seem 
all the smaller. But he will forever be present in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls. And he will always be watching over us, whom he loved so dearly. I will end by paraphrasing the Zacchaeus song. But before I do, please afford me one last consideration. What in your experience of Michael would you see as his most Christ-like quality? It may be different for everyone here gathered, but wittingly or unwittingly, in that Christ-like quality, Michael was bringing you to Jesus Christ. Now I invite you to make a promise to Michael that you will from this day forward imitate that Christ-like quality. So that just as he knowingly or unknowingly was an encounter with Christ for you, so you may pay it forward and be that for others. A living legacy of a small man with a big heart. I recently learned that the name Zacchaeus means pure one. Jesus could see and save that pure one trapped in an externally small stature man with all his imperfections in his life. And the name Michael, as you may know, means godlike. A typical onlooker might only have seen Michael's small stature riddled with tattoos and scars, not to mention his signature beer belly, a testimony to his life's many hardships and woes. But for us who could perceive beyond his externals, Michael could sometimes give you a glimpse of his godlikeness. I have every confidence that Jesus has finally freed Michael from all that could make that godlikeness hard to see for all of us at times. So that even the heavenly TSA would have to admit him without hassle. So as you climb your own personal sycamore tree in search of our soul-saving Lord, listen to the song that Zacchaeus is now singing of Michael. Michael was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in that tree. And as he said, Michael, you come down, for I'm going to your house today, for I'm going to your house to stay. May the Lord be praised now and forever. <laughs>